Welcome to Forks of Elkhorn Baptist Church, where we encounter God together, where we equip one another for the work of ministry, and where we seek to evangelize those that are lost in a broken world. My name is James Coleman. I'm the student minister here. If you are a first-time visitor with us this morning, I'd like to invite you to check out our Welcome Center following the service, where we have a gift for you. Within that gift, you're also you're going to find some helpful information about our church, how you can be involved in what God is doing here, and how we can equip you to continue to grow in your own relationship with the Lord. If you are online with us this morning, we want to welcome you as well, and be sure to uh, the way we can reach out and connect with you. This morning, I'd like to share with you a section of scripture that's been on my heart this week, Romans 8, verses 37 through 39. Paul writes, he says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. All of you, I'm sure, have heard about the revival going on at Asbury. Some of you, I'm sure, have been, including myself. And for just a moment, I would like to say that revival begins in the heart of the believer who is authentically seeking after the relationship with the Lord. Who authentically surrenders everything that we are, everything that we do, say, and think to God. It can happen in our homes. It can happen when we're driving our cars to work and to the grocery store. It can happen in our where we can trust that God will not serve a humble and contrite heart. It happens, revival happens because there is a love, as expressed in Romans 8. There is a love from God that cannot be cut off by anything of this world or of the spirits. So before we begin in our worship of Christ this morning, I'd like to invite you to stand and greet one another in the name of Christ and remain standing as we dive into worship.
my great friend Peter Weller that we met on Hawaii Five-0 so tell me a little bit about how we uh... this is my great friend Jason Kogar I met on Hawaii Five-0 so I thought that they were gonna do hooks and when I got there they said no we're gonna do a very uh, elaborate and very um, remarkable new sort of hand and there's this guy Jason Kogar is gonna come in and do the hands for you and I thought okay Pull the receiver out of the case. Flip the stock over until it clicks. Line up the barrel, gas tube in the hole. Jason, tell him about lying on top of me. Yes. And, and I didn't even know your name. He didn't know me, I didn't know him. So he, he asked, they asked me, all right, this is Peter Weller laying on the ground, fix to shoot a gun, but we need your hand and his face. You pulling the trigger, his face. Well, how am I gonna do that? Lay on his back. Now, are you serious? They said, yes. Yeah. Like, all right, do I really do this? Is this a joke? I don't know. So anyway, I lay up on his back and I'm kind of got my arm around him and cut him up. I got my hands down like this. And, and Here, I'm, I'm we're going to do it like this. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. But then show me how you took off my glasses. You took, you took well, off. Well, I can't do it with these, but I grabbed yeah. them. Maybe right here. Yeah, you could. Just like that. Just like that. <laughs> Pretty good, huh? There was a lot of pressure on us, by the way, from the studio, from the, uh, from the network. Uh, nobody knew how this was gonna work, and it all worked remarkably, smoothly, perfectly well 
thanks to him. <laughs> this is my Next Sunday, you don't want to miss Jason Coger, who you just saw on the screen, one of the very first people around the world to have Bonnie Cans is going to be here to share his powerful testimony. Um, we've had a change of plans. It was supposed to be Sunday night, but God has a way of changing things for his good or for our good and his glory. He's going to be here at both services next Sunday morning to share. So I hope you'll invite a friend to come hear a powerful testimony. And uh, he's the author of a book, Handed a Greater Purpose. And I hope you'll be here to hear a great and powerful testimony by Jason Coger. I also want to remind all of our ladies that just in two weeks, March 4th is the Devoted Women's Conference. More is the theme. And I think there are only about uh, 30 tickets left, ladies. Uh, there's close to 500 have already signed up. So we hope that you'll make plans to be a part of the Devoted Women's Conference on Saturday, March the 4th. So we want to pray for Jason next week for the Devoted Women's Conference. And then I received a very uh, sad message before we go into our prayer time last night that uh, Jeff and Becky Crook, who have been attending this church faithfully for several months, we got the word that their 19-year-old son, Jackson, had passed in a car accident last night. So they have asked that we would pray for their family. Um, they need our prayers right now and support. And then I was shown pictures of a, of a young child, eight-year-old, who was mauled by a dog or several dogs in uh, Frankfurt on his birthday yesterday. And uh, he's uh, fighting for his life. And so... We have so many needs and so many things to pray for. And if you feel led today to come to this altar, you can kneel, you can stand, you can pray from your seat, you can pray wherever you're watching from today. But won't you come as we lift up our prayers together? Would you come pray with me today? May we pray together. Father, we already welcome you in this place. We can sing how great is our God and how great thou art. Father, we thank you for your sweet, sweet spirit that's in this place. And Father, we pray today with grateful hearts, thanking you most of all for your son Jesus, who died on an old rugged cross to save us from our sin. Thank you, O oh God. Words are not adequate to express our humble gratitude for what you've done for us and what you continue to do for us on a daily basis. Father, even though we have praise and thanksgiving in our hearts, there are many others hurting, suffering today, grieving, Father, we pray a special prayer for Jeff and Becky Crook and their two daughters, their family. 
I don't have the words, Lord, but we pray that your Holy Spirit would intercede with those wordless groans to know how we should pray for them. Give them supernatural strength, God, and their great loss. Father, we pray for Wayne Perkins and his family and the loss of Madeline. We pray for Josh and Megan Adams and the loss of Josh's mom. Comfort them, O oh God, strengthen them. Father, I pray for Alice Hawkins and the loss of her husband, Raleigh, and ask that you would comfort them and their loss, their family. Father, we pray for so many that are in need, those who lost loved ones on the Michigan State campus, the thousands of lives that were lost, God, through the earthquake in Turkey. Comfort them. I pray people would turn to you, God, in their pain and their suffering. Father, we are grateful for the revival you have begun on Asbury University's campus in Wilmore. We pray, Lord, that revival would continue to break loose all across this state, this country, and the world. And may it begin, yes, in each of our hearts. Father, remove anything from me or from us that would hinder your spirit from moving openly, freely in our lives. Father, we just pray that you would continue to bless us and that we would continue to follow your lead. Lord, we also pray for Jason Coger next Sunday. Pray we'll fill this place to hear this man's powerful testimony of how you can even use tremendous tragedy to help us, oh God, to make a difference for your kingdom. Bless our services next week. God, we pray for the devoted women's conference more that even now, God, you're preparing those who will be there, that it will be an uplifting time of revival and renewal. And God, that many will be drawn closer to Jesus. Bless all those, God, speaking and singing and leading. Father, just continue now to have your way in this service. There is a sweet, sweet spirit. God, we feel your presence as we were singing, how great is our God and how great thou art. And Father, that we are saying and singing, revive us again. Lord, I ask now that you would guide us through the remainder of this service, anoint and bless the choir and instrumentalists as they lead us. Speak through your servant and through your word. Father, if there are those here or watching who don't know you personally, may they come to know you today. May Christians come back to you today. May healing take place. Miracles take place. Reconciliation take place. We'll be sure to give you all the praise and the glory and the honor, both now and forevermore. In the strong and holy and powerful name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bible, would you turn with me to Exodus chapter 13? And 
as you're doing that, I'm grateful that our choir is here to lead us today. Thank you all so much for being here, and we hear you prayerfully after the reading of God's Word. One verse out of Exodus chapter 13, verse 21. By day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
singing so beautifully and thank you again for being here today and allowing the spirit of the lord to be in this place i always like to share a little humor to get us ready to listen and hear more important things and maybe you heard the story about the husband that told his wife i've made the decision to discontinue my daily trip to get donuts every morning on the way to work and so much to his wife's surprise later that day he came into the house with a freshly baked dozen of donuts and his wife said i thought you said you weren't gonna go to the bakery anymore and he said i, I did say that but he said this morning as i was passing by the bakery i felt an urge drawing me over to the bakery and so i began to pray lord if it's your will for me to go into the bakery and buy donuts i circled the bakery i prayed that there will be an open parking spot <laughs> and he said and i want you to know honey as i circled the bakery there was an open parking spot even though i had to circle it 10 times i I found, I found an open parking spot. We're faced with decisions every day, aren't we? Some of you all have already had to make some decisions today. And sometimes our decisions are large. Sometimes our decisions are small. Sometimes we're asking, should I stay or should I go? Should I hold on or let go? Should I tie the knot or not? And so many times we are looking for direction and answers as we have to make decisions. When you have an important decision to make, what do you do? When you have an important decision, do you seek the advice of a friend? Do you ask maybe your spouse? Do you go and ask a parent their advice? Do you seek out counsel from a counselor? Do you maybe go ask a minister? But when we have daily decisions, things in our hearts and lives, the first and the first person we should go to, first and foremost, we need to cry out to God. That's who gives the best counsel through the power of his Holy Spirit. That's where we need to go first and foremost you know for 400 years over 400 years the israelites were enslaved in egypt and when we think about this know that god told abram before he became abraham in genesis chapter 15 verse 13 that this was going to happen he said they will be enslaved and mistreated for 400 years and then in the very next verse, in verse 14 of Genesis 13, God told them that they would be delivered and that they would be blessed. But if you would go back to Exodus chapter 3, verse 7, when God called Moses, who was tending his father-in-law's sheep, when God spoke to him through a burning bush, the Lord said to Moses in Genesis or in Exodus chapter 3, verse 7, I have indeed seen the misery of my people 
in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And we know, he said, and as a result, I am concerned about their suffering. Isn't it good to know that God is concerned about us when we suffer? And that God is still in the business of hearing our cries and hearing our prayers. But then in our scripture passage today, we are looking at how God led the Israelites from their slavery in Egypt and how he was wanting to lead them back home or to get them to that place of freedom. In verse 21 of Exodus chapter 13, it said, And by day the Lord went ahead of them with a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night a pillar of fire to give them light. And if you would read in Isaiah chapter 63, verses 11 through 14, we know who is in the midst of the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. It was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was the force that was leading the children of Israel, the Israelites, from their slavery into freedom. And so... I don't think it's by accident that the last several weeks we've been going through a sermon series called Greater Strength. And we have been looking at the many different functions and roles of the Holy Spirit. And I believe today that you're here and you could understand many of these roles. We've looked at the Holy Spirit as a helper. We've looked at the Holy Spirit as an advocate. We've looked at the Holy Spirit as a teacher. We've looked at the Holy Spirit as a wind beneath our wings. We've looked at the Holy Spirit as an intercessor. We've looked at the Holy Spirit as a seal. We've looked at the Holy Spirit as a calming presence. And today we look at the Holy Spirit as one who speaks to us as we go through the journey of life. How many of you all came today expecting to hear a word from God? I pray we all have. I pray that every time we go to God's house, we come in to expect to hear from God as we worship him. And I believe today that God wants to speak to you and me, but there first must be a desire. There must be a desire and the Israelites desired freedom. The Israelites desired for a brighter future for their generations of families. The Israelites cried out to God. And the Lord heard their cries. And, and the Lord responded to them. There's a passage in Psalm chapter 99, verses 6 and 7. It said that, Moses and Aaron and Samuel all called on the name. They called out to the Lord and he answered them and he spoke from the pillar of cloud. So we know that when God's people 
desire him, then he will respond to them. He will answer them. And maybe you're here today and you feel like that God hadn't been hearing you. And you feel like that I'm, I'm speaking, but I'm not hearing anything. Well, we're to continue to hunger and thirst after him, to desire him. That beautiful psalm that many of us know by heart out of Psalm 42, verses 1 and 2. As a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? For whatever reason, the psalmist was no longer leading worship. He hadn't been going to the house of the Lord. And now he was thirsting as a hunted deer would lap up water when they're being pursued by the enemy. He desired to be in the presence of God. I don't know about you. I desire to be in the presence of God. We should desire and thirst after him. Now, I don't think it's by accident that we would be doing a series on the Holy Spirit when God breaks out revival in Wilmore, Kentucky at Asbury University. God's timing is perfect. And as some of you all know, last Wednesday, our staff went to Wilmore to be a part of the worship. Got there about 8.30. We were able to go in Hughes Auditorium for about 30 minutes, and then they kindly invited us to leave so there would be room enough for the students to get in. And praise God, this revival that broke loose on February the 8th after a chapel service with some students, as you heard me share last week, who were praying for revival and spiritual awakening. They were desiring God, began praying on Tuesday night, prayed during the chapel service. Afterward, they stayed, and then more joined them. And now people driving from all over the country and even the world desiring to hear from God, desiring to be in the presence of the Lord. So as we left the Hughes Auditorium, they gave us an opportunity to go into Estes Chapel over at the seminary. So we went into the seminary chapel where they had closed circuit TV of what was going on in Hughes and we were able to worship there. There were people clapping, people kneeling, uh, laying flat on their face at the altar, and, and uh, it was a powerful worship time. As we sang, I'm desperate for you, and you are worthy. And, and, uh, and then we went back again on Friday night with some of our 412 ministry, our 18 through 29-year-olds, and I think JT and some of our youth leaders took a handful of youth. And, but as we went over on Friday night, I, I told Kelly, I said, you know, when we were over there last Wednesday, after we came out of the chapel, there was an open uh, service for the community. There was a line down the steps, across the front line, down to the road. As we went over Friday night, it had turned cold. And I told Kelly, I said, I bet there won't be as many in line because it's so freezing cold. Well, when we got to Wilmore, it was like driving into downtown Gatlinburg. And the line was longer than it was on Wednesday when it was warmer. And there were people waiting in line. So we let 
our young people out so they could get in line, and we went to park the cars. And they were able to get into Hughes, and we made it into the overflow over in Estes Chapel. But you know what? What made it so special? And, and really, it was just, I mean, Hughes on Wednesday, it was like one guy playing the piano, praise and worship songs while people prayed and confessed sin and humbled themselves before God. It wasn't a magic show. It wasn't anything spectacular. But you could feel the presence of the Lord. And then over at Hughes Wednesday, or uh, excuse me, at Estes Chapel on the seminary campus, on Wednesday and Friday night, there was a thickness once again of the Spirit of God as people were desiring God. And I pray, you all, that every time we come to this house, as I like that up and said Wednesday night at the end of our prayer service, it's not to be a spectator but a participant. We don't come in to watch the show. We come in to worship God and to be a part of that worship. We don't come in to be entertained. We come in to humble ourselves before God and to cry out to him and worship him. There must be a desire. Secondly, there must be an indwelling of the Spirit of God. An indwelling of the Spirit of God. Something amazing happened during the wilderness wanderings. As the people of Israel had been led by day by the pillar of cloud and by night the pillar of fire, something special happened. The positioning of the cloud changed. And the Lord told Moses, instructed Moses to go build a tabernacle for him to dwell inside of. And you look in Isaiah or in uh, Exodus chapter 40, verse 34, and it said the cloud went over the, uh, the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Isn't that beautiful? God had been leading them through the cloud and through the fire above them. Now, he said, I'm going to dwell among them. I'm going to be with them. And so, when people would see this cloud there in the tabernacle, I'm sure many of the Israelites would say to each other, God's in there. God's in there. But I want you all to know something today. God is in here too. If you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, it says, Don't you know that you yourselves are the temple of God? The Spirit of God dwells in your midst. So the Spirit of God is in each of us. Our hearts are the tabernacle or the temple of God. So wouldn't it be great when people see you and see me to say, God's in there. The Spirit of God is inside of their heart. It's obvious. It's as plain as day that the Spirit of God is living inside of them. So I want you to hear me. It's great that people are in line to get into Hughes. It's great that people are in line to get into Estes Chapel. It's great that people are going into other overflow areas. 
but the Spirit of God is where His people are. So we desire for an indwelling of His Spirit to fill us, to draw near to Him. And the closer we get to Him, the more aware we are of our sin. And lastly, when we look to hear from God, we're looking for direction. We're looking for direction in our lives. God wanted to get his children home. God wanted to get them back to the land flowing with milk and honey. He, he wanted them to be able to go to the promised land. He wanted them to, to get home to where he had promised them they would be. And I pray that's what we desire today. We want to get home to be with the Lord. We want to get home to be with our Father. But you know what prevents some of us from, from getting home? The sin in our lives. One of the reasons revival is broken out is because people have been confessing sin aware that the world's ways are not God's ways. And there must be repentance. There must be a turning from the world's ways. I just shared last Sunday or the Sunday before Romans 12 2 do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind or spirit then you will be able to uh, to test and approve what God's will is his good and pleasing and perfect will isn't that where you and I want to be today we want to be at the center of God's will we want to be in that place we say, that's our sweet spot. I know this is where I'm supposed to be. I know that the Spirit of God has led me to this place. And know that those, in Romans 8, 14, those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. That's how a watching world knows, yes, by our love, but they know because we're being led by the Spirit but going back to the Romans 12, too, about not conforming alone to the patterns of the world, David said in Psalm 66, 18, if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. And the reason maybe we haven't heard from God is because we need to allow him to come in and do some house cleaning. The reason we're not seeing God move is because our hearts haven't been cleansed. Jesus said in those great Beatitudes, Matthew 5, 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And when our hearts aren't pure and our hearts aren't right, don't expect to hear a lot from God. No, He still loves you, and He is loving you and me unconditionally. He's just waiting for us to come back home to Him. He's waiting for us to show Him how much we love Him by the way that we're leading our lives. But the Lord, as I've shared with you, speaks to us in many different ways. I've shared with you what Henry Blackaby shared in that great discipleship study that many of us have been through. We're going to be starting it again real soon, experiencing God, that the Holy Spirit speaks by prayer, the Bible, circumstances, and the church. Isn't that great? That the Holy Spirit speaks through prayer, through the Bible, 
through circumstances in the church. Mike Cicado in his book, Help Is Here, said the primary tool that the Holy Spirit uses to communicate to you and me is the Word of God. And how are you going to hear from God if you never read your Bible? How are you going to hear from God if you never open it up? That's the road light, the road map to life and life everlasting. And if you want to hear from God, the, the word of God is, is living. It's alive. And he brings life to you and me. But we have to be willing to look in his word. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. So we know he gives direction through his word. And if you're wanting to hear from the Lord today, look in his word and allow the spirit to speak to you and me and wait for the revival to come. Expect it. Desire it. I want to close by sharing a couple of things. We met people from all over um, when we went over to Asbury and when we were leaving the revival on Friday night, we stopped at a Raising Cane's there in Nicholasville, and we met a young couple who had been there, and you could tell they were excited on fire, and I think she was from Nebraska, and he was from Minnesota. <laughs> and there were other groups there who had come from all over. There were people I know from Brazil that night, and people from Indonesia, people coming from other countries because people were wanting to hear from God. They were wanting to tap into, to be a part of. And again, not to go as a spectator to say, I want to see what these people are doing. But to say, I want it. I want the Spirit of God in my life. Wouldn't it be great if there would be lines of people waiting to get into this church? But somebody would probably complain and say, there's too many people, I'm going home. I couldn't find a parking place. We'll circle through uh, 10 times and pray. But now I want to go back in closing to Friday night. We were, again, we dropped off the young people and we, Kelly and I, went and parked the, the vehicles and my whole family was there. I, I was so grateful that Isaiah and Sophie could be in the, the main chapel, and then Tilly and I and Aunt Catherine were over in the chapel across the street, but it was so full, and they were greeting us at the door with the line. You know, when someone would come out, they would let others come in. You know, three out, I got room for three, or five have come out, five can come in. And the only place, and it reminded me of the little church when we were so full that when people were coming in, Tommy Lippert and Bill Tabor would have to set people in the choir loft because there wasn't any other seat in the house. That's the way they took us to the choir loft at the chapel. So we went up to what was already almost full, and the, the auditorium was full, the balcony was full, and instantly you could feel the presence of the Lord as they were showing the services on the screens and then on the screen in the back wall. And as again we sang, you know, Lord, fill me up till I overflow. And people were crying and clapping and worshiping. And I, I said this at the early service. I want you to worship the Lord however you feel comfortable as long as it's from the Lord. 
If you want to lift hands, if you want to shout amen, hallelujah, glory to God, that's wonderful. But the only time I have a problem when it comes more about us instead of him, that's when I have the problem. When it distracts people from him. But if it's pointing people to him to glorify him, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But as we set up in the choir loft and as I was holding my 11-year-old daughter's hand and we were singing and I looked over at my wife and I put my hand on her shoulder after I hold my little girl. My wife was weeping. My daughter was weeping as we were worshiping. And then there was a young lady sitting by me on the end of the row in the choir loft. And you know what she was doing? She was weeping, but she had her Bible open, and she was underlining and highlighting and writing in the margins. God was speaking to her through his word. It was beautiful. It was beautiful to watch that while we were singing and praising God and glorifying God, she was humbly and sweetly hearing from God through his word. And then when she got the message, she got up and left. The curiosity in me, I was trying to lean over and shoulder and say, what's she telling you? What scripture are you reading? But I hope and pray that that spirit will be in this place and more importantly be in this place. God is in there. He's here. And today, if you don't know him, that's the beginning of true revival. You've got to confess your sin, repent from your old ways, and walk in newness of life. God loves you. He will forgive you. All you have to do is give him your heart and life and your sin. He'll forgive you right now. If you're a Christian, maybe you've grown complacent. You've been on the sideline being critical of those who are in the game. It's time to get off the bench and help the team. Be a part of what God is doing, not as a spectator, but as a participant to reach this lost world with the love of Jesus Christ. Maybe you're looking for a church home. I want to tell you, this is a special place. The Spirit of God is always blowing on this hill. And I pray that when people come to this place, they feel His presence and they'll know that the Lord is here. But I pray today, if the Spirit of God is speaking to you in any way, shape, or form, then we're going to open up this altar in a moment, and you can come pray. And if you want to come put a hand on somebody and pray over them, they were doing that at both places, you're welcome to do that. If you don't know Christ, it would be my privilege to pray with you. Whatever's going on in your life, an important decision you've got to make. Some of our decisions that we make will determine and alter the remainder of our lives. And so whatever decision you've got to make, know the most important one will affect your eternal life. If you don't know him, I'll pray with you. Or maybe, again, you're looking for a church home. This is a wonderful place. It is an imperfect church for imperfect people, but we serve a perfect God. We'd love for you to be a part of what God has begun in this place. Won't you come in just a moment as we pray together? Father, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are any 
people here that don't know you, people watching today, Lord, may they begin by confessing their sin to pray a prayer in their own words similar to this, dear God, I confess that I'm a sinner. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. I, I ask you to come into my heart. I believe Jesus died on the cross to save me. I love you, Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Lord, if someone could pray that in their own words to begin this lifelong, eternal journey, I pray they would pray that, whether they're in this place or watching. Lord, maybe there are Christians who have grown complacent or cold or critical or, or bitter or, or, Father, just going through the motions with no vitality or no life or no expectation. Renew, rekindle that desire, God, that we expect to hear from you. We expect to see you move. Father, I pray that we would allow you to do a new work in our lives that people would say God is in them. I see him. His spirit is dwelling among them, and we want to be a part of that. God, I just pray that however the Holy Spirit leads, if it's someone that's wanting to join this imperfect church, we'd love to have them, God, so we can love one another, support one another, <clears throat> encourage one another. But Holy Spirit, just lead us right now, and I pray ultimately you'll lead us home. In the strong name of Jesus, amen. I'm going to invite you at this time to stand with me, and we're going to sing a hymn of invitation, a hymn of commitment. Again, this altar is open if you want to pray, if you want to have someone to pray with you. However the Spirit leads, won't you come as we sing together?
Amen. Would you be seated just for a moment? I am so grateful for decisions that are being made today, and maybe you're making one in your heart, and the Spirit of God is working. I praise Him from whom all blessings flow, and give Him the glory today for, for decisions, both public and private, going on in your heart. But today is also a special day, and it seems very appropriate that we would share communion together, we would take communion, and uh, as you came in today, you should have received a communion cup if you did not. We have ushers in the balcony and here in the back, just lift your hand. We invite everyone who knows Christ, Bob over here, two, there's a couple here, one over here. Um, we know that uh, if we all know Christ, we're part of his family and we're invited to partake of this communion. And if you don't know Christ, I pray that you will come to know him uh, real soon, even after this service. But you should find at the top of your cup a wafer. And we know that this cup symbolizes the bread, the body of Christ. And then the juice represents his blood that was spilled for you and for me. And I would like to begin by having a blessing over the bread, if we could pray. And there was some more up here. Did you get over here? You got it, okay. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Words are not adequate to express our gratitude of what you did on the cross. When you were on the cross, we were on your mind. And we thank you for the, the pain Father, that you endured through Jesus for us. And I pray that when we eat this bread, we will remember that great sacrifice like the world has never known to pay the price for what we have done to redeem us. Thank you, O oh God. Bless this bread now in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after they ate the bread, they took the cup. And again, the cup symbolizes the blood that was shed for the remission of our sins. May we pray for the cup. Oh God, we ask that you would bless this cup. And again, thank you just does not seem enough. But I pray that we would show our gratitude by the way we live our lives, that we would live differently than the rest of the world that they would want what we have, which is the Spirit of God living inside of us. We would not live, God, holier-than-thou lives, but holy lives, that our hearts would be right with you. So, Lord, again, if there's anything in our hearts or lives that's not pure, that's not holy, forgive us, remove it, God. Cleanse us, purify us so we can see you. We'll give you all the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus said, whenever you drink this cup, this cup is a new covenant of my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. And I want to thank you all so much for being here today and allowing the Spirit of God to be in this place. 
I want to remind you of a couple of things. One, in the back foyer, there is a box that has red, white, and blue flags, balloons. These are care packages for the military. And we have several in active duty from our church. And if you feel led to put a card in, especially, or even um, you know some, some different items, uh, but primarily, if you would write a card and we have some names, I think, listed of some of those that are in the service. There is a box, and I believe it goes through next Sunday. So we would love for you to participate. And then again, don't forget that this evening we have children's activities, youth activities. We have um, coffee and connections, other small group Bible study. I think at 5 o'clock there's a devoted conference meeting. We'd love for you all to be involved. And then we hope to see you Wednesday night. We've been praying over this place and having some great prayer meetings on Wednesdays. We'd invite you to come, but thank you all for being here. I'm grateful to you all that you allow the Spirit of God to, to dwell in this place. And I pray he will always reign supreme. Know how much he loves you and how much my family and I love and appreciate your prayers, love, and support. I'm going to invite you to stand at this time. We're going to sing a closing song, and we're going to close out the way we came in with a sweet, sweet spirit, if you would lead us. As we go from this place, may our hearts and lives be revived, and we would share with the lost world the hope we have in Christ who lives inside of us. In his name we pray, amen.